I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Dave Kittle Show. Today's episode and title is, Is My Solo Physical Therapy Practice Sellable? And we are with Nathan Kadlicek. He's a physical therapist in California. We're going to get into all of that and his situation and his solo practice. First of all, Nathan, welcome on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. have you. So tell the audience, so you have a solo practice and you are potentially or looking at your options into even the possibility is, is, is it sellable? Can you get out of it? Are you, you're looking to go into next chapter of your life, which we'll get into. Tell us a little bit about your practice, like when it was founded, the name, all of that. Yeah. So it was founded in April of 2019. I started it out of the shower room of an existing gym. And in 2020, I had the opportunity to take it over full time. So it is in Monterey. I'm a solo provider here and it is literally three minutes, probably actually a two minute walk from the beach. I can see the water. I'm looking out the window right now and I can see the water. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, I've been here for, let's see, April of 2019. So that would be almost, what, three and a half years, somewhere along the lines there. So yeah, that's how long I've I've been here for. Excellent. And so you reached out in regards to your situation and asking my thoughts in terms of like, is a solo practice sellable? And I said, hey, like, I think this might make for a good practice. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> this might make good for an episode about your practice sure. on my show, because there's probably a lot of solo practice owners that are interested in doing what you're doing or even considering their options. So in terms of your practice and your situation, like if I'm a physical therapist, if I am looking to get into practice or get into entrepreneurship, go into private practice, we're going to get into all of it. But one thing would be like, what's the benefit for me if I took over your practice, if I bought it, if we figured out a deal how can I start on first base or second base as opposed to starting from scratch? And you and I both know like starting from scratch, it's really tough. It takes a lot of time. You mentioned the pre-interview. It took you like, you know, eight months to get profitable. So is there a way to sell a private practice, a solo practice for someone that's maybe a younger, hungry DPT, a physical therapist that's looking to start on first base or second base as opposed to starting from scratch? So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your situation in regards to like, why you're you're looking to move on and get out of it because i think any pt that's listening would want to know like we always ask our practice owners like why are you looking to sell like and they'll say they're looking to travel more see their kids their grandkids whatever or they have a health issue etc divorce whatever it might be there's always a reason and the pts sure. that are listening they're going to want to know what the reason is because they don't want to buy you know a lemon of a practice so like what's your situation as much as you're able to go into and then we can go from there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, like I was saying before we started recording, my wife and I just had a baby. So she's uh, two and a half months old now. And having, thank you. And having a baby gives you a lot of clarity. So in that clarity, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. I just realized that 
the path that I want to take with my professional career is more along the health and technology space. So just health tech for short, uh, and then blending that together with the public policy space. That's just where my interests lie. And so I just realized that the vehicle that I'm currently in is not going to take me in that direction. And it's just a good time to kind of move on and opportunity came up and I'm pursuing that. So that's the reason why I'm wanting to to sell. Got it. And so we were chatting recently and we talked a bit in the pre-interview. So what would be some of the valuable points of your practice in terms of you specifically, your practice? Like why would a physical therapist want to take it over? We're going to get into some of the pros and cons of all this. The biggest pro is like, hey, I could potentially start on first or second base with like a past patient list, a a past client list. We know that there might be some drop off. I have some ideas to minimize drop off and, and kind of help with like a smooth transition. But what are some of the immediate positives in terms of like what's valuable in your practice that could be a consideration here in regards to like what's valuable how do we value the practice and what's going to be some of the not just the goodwill but other components other tangible or intangible assets of your practice sure so i'm in in monterey and i'm in a position the location of the practice is kind of between two cities pacific grove and then like kind of closer to Pacific Grove at the outskirts of of Monterey. So it's nice. It's a nice centralized location. So that's really helpful. So people can come in from two different directions and they're not their drive time isn't excessive. So that is a big thing from like a convenience standpoint. I also have a lot of parking in the back too, which is a big thing for people. So I have like nine spots. I mean, as a solo provider, like there is definitely room to grow if you wanted to add several other therapists and also have space for people to park. So that's that's important. I have all the equipment that's here. I I can go through the list if you want me to, but there's quite a bit of equipment already here. And I just bought a new high-low table last year, or actually earlier this year, I put new flooring in, it's all painted. So like the space is like ready to go. I am more of a free weights guy. So you know if a PT wanted to take over and use more machines, I don't really have a lot of that. But there's like squat racks. I have a couple bars in here. There's lots of there's just lots of free weights in here. So for somebody who's looking more for that type of practice, then all the equipment is already readily available. And then I also do have relationships with some physicians in the area. I have a past patient list of about I think it's about 600 or so. So something to tap into there. And those are probably the big takeaways or the big value props for the practice. With the nine parking spots, is your location like are there other practitioners or there other like service providers in the building so that like those spots would kind of be used by some of those other service providers as well or no? There are other service providers in the building, but those spots are specifically for my practice. So there's like a sign on each of the parking spots, like for your practice. There's not a sign. There, there's not a sign. There's like faded, um, like <laughs> reserved, <laughs> somewhat <they're>, reserved. <laughs> yes, um, and it's from the gym that was here before. Like those spots are like in the contract, like in my lease agreement, but it needs to be repainted. Or any, I did look into like how much it would cost to put signage and everything, but I was like, ah, oh, probably wait. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So, so and that that's in the lease. Another thing. So if a PT is looking to potentially 
reach out to you about this and, and maybe take over and, and buy your practice. Do you know if the lease is transferable to a new owner? Again, that's something that you would speak. You'd have to speak to the landlord anyway, regardless, like they would need a heads up. Like, can you get out of that current lease at whatever time? And and I think in the pre-interview, you said there's like still another three or so years on it. And then maybe the the new buyer, the the new PT, they might even want like a longer lease. They might want like a five or eight or 10 year lease or something. So I'm not sure if you know that on the top of your head, but like, is there any verbiage that you can recall that the lease is transferable to a new owner? I don't know if the lease is transferable to a new owner. I know that there are three more years on this lease. And I actually started a new lease from the previous person who was in here. So I didn't take on their lease. I negotiated a completely different one with the landlord. So that that would suggest that the landlord is friendly and approachable for these types of situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they want the money to keep coming in. They don't want, they want to a tenant. Thinking. Yeah, they want a yeah. tenant, right? And I've made some improvements in here too. So they're very willing to. They've been very responsive and good landlord overall. Got it. In regards to your insurance contracts, you're somewhat private pay or out of network, or you're in network with some folks like some payers, or how does that lay? How does that fit? Yeah. So I am in network with Medicare. I am in network with one of the local insurances, Aspire, like a local hospital insurance. And then I am out of network with all other provider or all other insurance contracts. Got it. So like if I was in the California area looking to take this over, if I were buying it, the Medicare would then go through my own MPI or whatever provider number. The out of network would probably be easier, but then I would probably want to look at like, is that in-network contract that you have with that local payer, is that transferable? Because sometimes the panel might be closed. So this new practice owner, this new PT that's looking to potentially take your practice over or acquire it, they may need that insurance contract to be transferred from your business EIN to their their EIN or from you to them. That is kind of like what a lot of the corporate buyers use to kind of stay on these insurance payers, like so that if the panel's closed, you just go away with your in-network contract and and you close the practice and then someone else takes over, they might not be able to get into that in-network contract. Right. Yeah. I don't know if the Aspire contract is transferable. I do have a group NPI for for my practice. So that I think Medicare, I don't know if Medicare, I think pretty sure Medicare goes through that that NPI. Got it. In terms of like So you have a space, it's already kind of like built out and curated for like a movement based PT and your patients and clients probably love it. And you obviously have had success there. So what other, the past patient list or client list would certainly be helpful. But one of the components you mentioned in the pre-interview is that you're going to keep your practices website. So then would that mean, would it make the most sense for you to have the new PT buyer to just kind of start from scratch in terms of like a website and practice name? That would probably make the most sense. Yes. Got it. Okay. And then so would you say that the past patient list and client list, like that is that those relationships would probably be the biggest asset here? Like even I think it's more valuable than whatever refurbishments you might have done, even though that could be thousands or tens of thousands of dollars that you might have put into the space, plus the equipment, the kettlebells, the barbells, the squat rack, et cetera, total all that up, whatever that is. 
I think the past patient list or client list probably would be the most valuable, but it's hard to put a dollar amount on it. So it's like, if I'm a PT coming in to take over your space, how could you help make it a smooth transition? Yeah. So first thing is, if somebody wanted to take over, of course, and they wanted to like, okay, I want to start like tomorrow, then transitioning any current patients and really like making building that trust with the current patients that I have, the current clients that I have, that this person who's taking over is solid. They're going to be able to take care of them. They're going to be able to help them with whatever issue they're having. That will probably be the most important thing is making sure that, okay, these past patients of mine, they built a relationship with me. So will they then transfer that trust over to another person that's not me? And of course, just realistically, like not everybody will be able to, you won't get 100% transfer of those patients. But, and I don't know what experience you have with this, but there's probably a, a certain percentage that are happy to stick with someone new who's been vetted by someone they already trust. So for sure. So I referenced in the pre-interview, I, met, I referenced the um, the recent episode where I interviewed Dr. CJ Epstein. He's a, the San Diego Padres team chiropractor, and he bought and took over a solo chiropractic office and that practice owner. So the chiro that sold to him was basically, you know, like they completed the agreement, signed everything. And then she was gone. Like he took over, you know, Monday and like she was no longer there anymore. And there was like, I can't recall the percentage drop off, but there was like, I think a pretty substantial, maybe 50% or more in terms of like a drop off of the previous patients and clients that she was treating that then he retained and they, they continued. So just my advice or my thoughts would be like for you to have a smooth transition and have that buyer, the PT not be in a bad position or have a lot of like issues or remorse or whatever would be like, how could you help facilitate that transition? And I don't know, like maybe they come work with you like for one month or maybe like, cause the next question would be like, what's your timeline for this? But we'll get back to it. Would it make sense for you and that PT to like co-treat or work together in some fashion for some brief amount of time so that you know that this would be the type of PT or therapist or or DBT that would be good enough to take over in terms of like clinical skills, patient communication, all the type of stuff that is involved in regards to like a solo practice. So what are your thoughts there in terms of like ensuring a smooth transition for this? Yeah, I mean, for definitely want to make sure that the person taking over is somebody that I would trust with my patients, of course. So and that would take me seeing them practice and how they interact with patients and going through that. So if that's a month, two months, three months, I don't exact just to back to your timeline question. I don't know the timeline exactly right now. I will know more at the end of this week, actually. But I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, the soonest would be a month. That would be the soonest, soonest. But Realistically, it's probably going to be a couple more months before something is really ready to ready to go, and before you know, before I find somebody who's <laughs> actually ready and, and willing to to take it over. But yeah, I mean, definitely would be open to working with somebody to transition those patients, whether it be like co-treating, like we kind of talked about, or 
just kind of being there and introducing my current patients and past patients to the new the new therapist. For sure. Hopefully anyone that's listening that's a DBT, a physical therapist or any, you know, a movement type professional or practitioner that hears this is is maybe interested it's massive to have a leg up in terms of a past patient list or client list. Like I said, the challenge would be the, you know, the, the continuity from them knowing you working with you and now this other person, but if they can retain and capture, you know, a meaningful percentage of those people that basically like minimizes their, their marketing expenditure, because we talked about already, like starting from scratch is challenging. So it's kind of like, if someone's watching this, if they're interested, if they're in the California area or they're looking to relocate potentially. And again, also, I want to say I'm not a broker in this deal. I'm not getting any commission or any anything. I just think this is interesting. So you'll have to reach out to Nathan directly and, and we'll make sure in the show notes and at the end of the show how you guys can reach out to Nathan directly about this. But it's a massive leg up to have what you've already built out. I think the next thing would be the numbers and like we can kind of riff on that a little bit. But Think about like all the other PTs we see in all these other Facebook groups that like literally start from scratch. Like they might get a few patients from their previous job or rotation or something, or like maybe they just have some friends and family in the area or something to refer folks. But like they're all starting from scratch. And like in this case, it's like, yeah, you might have to you're going to have to go into the numbers next. And, you know, we'll talk about valuation and like numbers and what you'd be potentially paying for or like in a range of like what it might cost. But it's like, I would much rather knowing because I've started so many things from scratch, like this is why bigger companies buy other companies. And that's why we're buying companies because we also know how challenging it is to like start from scratch, right? And so to start a physical therapy practice from scratch is very challenging. And just like it's, it's challenging to start anything from scratch. But you already have people in your community, in your neighborhood that have like driven to your location. They've yeah. parked so many times. They've come into your space so many times. They already know that place. So there's a lot of advantages here. So I guess anything else before we go into the numbers that we've maybe missed or overlooked? No, no. All right. Let's so you, you're okay with going into the numbers. So in terms of your now we're recording this in 2022, and we're going to be talking about last year's uh, annual numbers, 2021. So Let's go into some of the financials. Sure. So top line revenue from 2021 was 262000 The My salary was about... Actually, I pay myself uh, 75000 a year in salary. And then we had 30000 in profit from last year. So about 105000 in total net profit from, from 262000 top line revenue. Got it. Okay. And so we can just demystify a little bit real quick about practices in general, like service-based businesses and physical therapy practices. They're usually, they're usually based off of some multiple of EBITDA, but basically it's like a fancy word for like net profit. And then you're going to add back things. Like if you're looking to buy Nathan's practice at whatever dollar amount, there's going to be some things that like you look at his financials, he's going to give you all like the like the business deductions and all that. And then like, there's going to be some potential, I, I don't know this, but I'm saying most practice owners have like personal expenses on their books. They might have like their families, all three or four vehicles and like their families, gym memberships and their families, cell phone plan payments on the business books, right? So like you're looking at these financials and you guys can go through like, all right, well, if I buy this practice, 
this is not going to be on the books next year. This is not going to be on the books. So then you actually may be able to find more profit in this practice. But I got to say, like, kudos to you. 262 grand top line revenue for completely solo is awesome. And then you're paying yourself 70, you said 70K or 75, 75K. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 30,000 in in bonus. So, or, you know, profit after uh, salary. So now the challenge here, right? The big challenge would be once, let's just say you meet three to five doctors of physical therapy, you know, physical therapist, license, whatever. You meet three to five, you vet them, you see who's like the best with communication and like clinical skills and outcomes. And you try to do that over like a short window of time. The challenge would be if it were me or other therapists that are coming into that space and trying to take over what you've built. So you're going to keep the website. I need to get a new website. I need to get, you know, a new name. So really, like, I think there's two potential buyers here. One is like a hungry physical therapist who's like a clinic director or manager at some place, some private practice or some corporate, whatever. And they're looking to do, they're looking to grow. They're looking to like excel in their career. Or it might be someone that is kind of where you're at, or maybe they have like one location with a a few PTs, or maybe they have like one or two locations and they're looking to kind of expand their footprint. And maybe they have like a better hiring angle. Like maybe they could hire another therapist in your area and like use your location as like, the next launch pad for that area. Like Mark Shulman, I interviewed on my show and he's in the San Diego area and he's got a practice with three or four or so PTs, but he's looking, he's always open to looking and hearing about things like this. So like we could share this with him and like maybe someone like that, they're already established, they're already a practice owner. They've sure. further along in the private practice game and maybe they might know someone in the area that's looking to relocate, or they maybe they know a DPT that like did a rotation with them, maybe lives near your clinic. And like, maybe that might be the best situation. So it's kind of like, those are my potential two buyers for this in regards to like the type of person for this. What do you think? Yeah, no, that, that sounds about right. Like kind of what I was thinking too. somebody who is maybe a little bit more established, who's trying to expand a bit and have kind of that, marketing engine already rolling a bit and the hiring engine already rolling a bit. Or yeah, just like somebody who's just looking to get after it. And man, I got to say, it would be a lot... It would have been a lot easier if... like It sounds like not that much, but having just the groundwork set... I mean, it took years to get my space to even look like this to function like this, it took a lot of time, really thinking back through it. So to be able to just walk into something like that and be like, okay, I just got to do these things to acquire new patients. And everything else is more or less up and running. Cool, let's get after it. So those are the two type of people that I think would probably excel in this environment. So what are you thinking in terms of, obviously, there's going to be like some type of range, like, I don't know, like, For solo practice, the range, let's just say the median average physical therapy practice in the US, it kind of starts at three times EBITDA or three times annual net profit. So let's just make it real simple. So in case yours, you have $262,000 in top line revenue, 70K salary, 30K profit. So at the low range, someone might say, okay, well, you have if 75K, that is basically like probably market rate for a staff physical therapist. So it's like you're paying yourself appropriately. 75K and then 30K as profit. And then that would be multiplied by some number. 
But then again, like if it's 30K times three, I don't know, you probably might not take 90K for this because you put in like a ton of sweat equity and a lot of time and effort and all that. So like maybe that's at the low end, but you could show like for a solo practice, I don't know, like I'm assuming 262K for a solo practice in the US top line revenue, even though we're not really valuing companies and service-based physical therapy practices, we never really value them on a multiple of revenue. But the marker of 262 for top line revenue, I would say in the US is probably very impressive, probably like the top quartile of solo practices. So like you could say like, well, yeah, you got to like continue to do the marketing and like maybe you'll help as much as possible. And you could put that in an agreement, like how you're going to help with the transition of like patients and clients so that not only is the person taking over, not only are they starting on first or second base with your location, the beach is nearby, beautiful views, like there's parking for patients. There's already been patients and clients that have driven here and parked here. So like there's all these value drivers and how can you and this new buyer like ensure that these these patients are going to like come back and and have as smooth of a transition from you to this new therapist or this new DPT or whoever? How can that be as smooth as possible? But in terms of like the valuation, I think it's really I think it's going to be challenging to get more than a total purchase price of 262K. It's really going to depend on your flexibility in it's going to depend on your flexibility and it's going to depend on who you really find. And you might find a really great therapist that communicates well, gets clinical outcomes, evaluation and treatment skills are great. But maybe they say, I mean, Nathan, literally, what if they say, hey, clearly I'm the best person for this, right? And maybe you agree with them and they say, but I'm a new grad or maybe they have three to five years of clinical experience and maybe they still have student loans. So like, they're going to say, hey, how can we get creative here? How can we find a creative solution to this deal where they can get into your practice, they can take over your practice, and maybe they do some seller's finance, seller's note, where they pay you X amount of dollars down at closing. And then maybe all of this is all, it could go any which way. It could be 20% down. It could be 50% down. It could be 80% down. It really depends on their financial status as well. Like, do they have access to money? But if they already have student loan debt, then what? Like maybe you say, oh, I'll sell it to you for 300K, but you need, you know, 50K down or 75K down or something. And then the rest is financed over time where they pay you in equal installments per month until they hit that total purchase price. And all the, the monthly payments into the future, you could have an interest rate on it, all of that. So like how flexible are you in regards to like, again, it's like your timeline, your flexibility sure. with that. And it depends on, the potential buyer, but where's your head in regards to like flexibility with like those price and terms? Yeah, I'm totally open to that. I know there's, you know, there's still, there's definitely more risk involved in taking on the, you know, the payment over time, right? Especially if there's not going to be any collateral down or any collateral there. And of course, it's less risky just to get the cash up front. But ultimately, I'm I'm open to to working with somebody on that. I'm not sold on on either one, and it can be a combo of the two as well. And you, you and the audience, you'll have to check out the episode that I interviewed CJ Epstein recently, the team chiropractor of the San Diego Padres, and his practice in California as well. I can't recall if he had a personal guarantee on that deal or not. And again, that depends on you, depends on the buyer, depends on like how much do you trust them. But so. Oftentimes those seller finance deals, like let's just say 
easy numbers if you sold this for 300k and that might be too high i don't know let's just say if it's 300k and you agree to like 150k down at closing and then 150k as seller's finance or a seller's note into the future where basically they're treating patients and some of those profit dollars they're taking that each month from your past patient list but they're taking over the practice from the cash flow of the cash flow of the practice they're paying you so there's a lot of pros and cons there it really just depends sure. maybe cuz i know you got to run maybe um this could just be a part 1 and maybe in the near future if you get things rolling we could have a part 2 and kind of riff more on your situation yeah and like i'll have more information for you in the next couple of weeks too so that might even be a better time because i'll have more info on like timeline and stuff like that so excellent so that's it for dave kittle show Feel free to subscribe, rate, review if you find this valuable. Send it to a practice owner or a colleague. And that's it for now. Nathan, thank you so much for your time and great to hear your story. Hopefully you can find a solution here and we look forward to hearing back if you do so. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.